0: Welcome to the Fresh Word Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. This is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. That's a very important phrase and that phrase is very important right now because of where we are and because of all the things that are happening around us and especially because of what I've heard from God in the last couple of days. You know, I'm the kind of guy that I don't just like to get up and preach something. I don't just get the hottest sermon. I've been preaching almost 30 years. I don't just like reach into the pile and just grab one. I've got to kind of know what God's saying. And the last couple of days, I've been saying, God, what's on your heart? What are you saying? What do you want me to talk about? And a topic that he brought to my mind was one that kind of surprised me, especially in light of all that's going on. He started talking to me about joy. And I thought, joy, joy in the midst of this. But then after he starts speaking it and unlocking it, it made a lot of sense. And I want to talk to you today about what I'm going to call the immunity Of Joy, you know a lot of us are talking about our immune system right now and what happens with this virus and what fights the virus But there is something that can immune us to fear immune us to anxiety immune us to a lot of things And it's this thing called joy and I think you're gonna really be blessed as we talk about this Another reason why I want to dig into this is because I sense uh, the enemy in some kind of ways trying to rob us of something That's very valuable. So in Habakkuk chapter 3 verse number 17 and 18 the book of habakkuk is some say sorry if you won't cook Habakkuk or habakkuk either one depending on where you're from habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 and 18. here's what it says though the fig tree may not blossom nor the fruit on the vines though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food though the flock may be cut off from the fold there be no herd in the stalls. Verse 18 says this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Back that up. I want to do that one more time because that was just too good to do only one time. Though the fig tree may not blossom. You understand there were an agrarian society when Habakkuk wrote this. The fig tree not blossoming. That was their major crop. In other words, if my business that I've depended upon is suddenly taken away. Though there's no fruit on the vines, we sell apples, but there are no apples to sell. We sell oranges, but there are none left. Though the labor of the olive may fail, what are we going to do without olive oil? My goodness, though, the, and the fields yield, listen, no food. That's a very dire situation. Here's what Rebecca said. Even though it's that bad, even in the midst of things being that terrible, even though the drought is that significant, Though the flock may be cut off from the field, that the animals are not able to live because there's no food, because there's no water, uh, uh, undoubtedly. And there be no herd in the stalls. Verse 18 says, yet, that's a very important word, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Say amen to that, man. That's just good stuff right there. And, you know, whatever we're going through right now, it's probably not as bad as what Habakkuk was going through. Because that parallel that a parable right there that parallel is of total devastation don't even know where you're going to eat the next day not enough water to drink the animals are not doing well but rebecca said i don't care what's happening around me i don't care what it looks like i don't care how bad it is i don't care how negative it is i don't care how significant it is it's not going to steal my joy i will still rejoice in joy in the god of my salvation I begin to think about this a little deeper and I begin to understand a little bit of what's going on now Where all this is coming from and how it's coming and all that that's not what I'm gonna speak to right now But I do know this I do know in the midst of what's happening. There is a demonic agenda There's a demonic agenda, there's a plan of the devil, there's a satanic plan in the midst of all that's happening. And that plan is laced with fear. It's laced with anxiety. It's laced with unbelief. The enemy wants people in fear, in panic, in unbelief. He wants people losing their faith. He wants people in such a negative emotional state that in many ways he's able to come in and steal, kill, destroy, and rob. And that's why God is reminding us we need to reclaim our joy. There's a verse in Luke chapter 21 And this verse talks about the end times when Jesus talked about wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and pestilence and many things happening. And here's one of the things he says that will be a characteristic of those times. He says there will be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars on earth. There will be distress of nations with perplexity and the sea and the waves are going to be roaring. Then he goes on to say men's hearts will be failing them for fear. Listen to that men's hearts will be failing them for fear. So in the midst of the end time drama that's gonna happen, one of the significant things that will happen to people is they'll be so gripped with fear They'll be so bound up in fear, their heart will fail them for fear. People will literally have heart attacks because of the fear and the anxiety and the negative emotions they experience. And that's one of the devil's plans when things become uncertain, when things are turned upside down, when people around the world are are locked in because of a virus. One of the things the enemy wants to do is get you so paralyzed with fear That It ends up negatively affecting you and here's what I want to say not on our watch. No, 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 no Not on our watch. No, this is not gonna happen. We're not gonna embrace fear We're gonna allow this thing that God gives us called joy to begin to be released through our life So let's talk about joy for just a minute couple of facts about joy Number one joy does not come from the outside in it comes from the inside out. Oh, that was real good stuff right there Come on. Give me a high five. Boom. I feel that one joy does not come from the outside in it comes from the inside out joy is not circumstantial joy doesn't happen because you got a new car happiness might be because you got a new car at least you're happy until the first payment comes you know joy comes from the inside out it's an inward reality in galatians chapter 5 verse 22 the bible talks about the fruit of the spirit not the fruits singular But the fruit, it's whole, it's all together, the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits, not seven different fruits, one fruit. And in that fruit is love, but also joy. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. So if you have the Spirit of God in you, if I have the Spirit of God inside of me, if we have the Spirit of God dwelling in us, guess what? We already have joy on the inside. We've got to learn how to release it. We have to learn how to walk in it. We have to learn how to walk in the inward reality that we have. Dep- not, it doesn't matter what's going on outside of us. It doesn't matter what's happening around us. We have something on the inside we can release. And here's another f- fact. Lack of joy can cost you. Lack of joy can cost you. Nehemiah says this, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That means when you lose your joy, you lose your Come on, that's right. Say it again. When you lose your joy, you lose your strength and we need our strength We need our strength to encourage our children encourage our family members We need strength to go on another day and when you lose your joy, you lose your strength If you sit in a room depressed if you sit in a room discouraged if you're only singing somebody done somebody wrong song If your song is why me and why did this have to happen and you continue to allow negative emotions to dominate You are losing and abandoning your strength and when you get weak, there's not much you can do Oh, no, we need to reclaim our strength So let me give you five or six ways five or six things we could do to walk in joy how's that here are a couple of things we could do to begin to walk in joy and that's my vision for you that's god's vision for us that even in the midst of this we don't lose our joy i do believe that there is to be some degree of sobriety about this i do feel like in some ways that there there probably needs to be some repentance and god's trying to get the attention of some people but there's several biblical parallels that when things were going on on the earth The people of God were expected to walk in joy as they intercede, walk in joy as even they may cry out for the sins of the nation. There's this thing called joy that does not have to, we don't have to abandon it and allow the negative emotions to dominate. So here's a couple of things to do. Number one, command your emotions, command your emotions. There's a verse in Psalm 118 verse 24, and it says this, this is the day the Lord has made. And i might just rejoice and be glad in it is that what it says no that's not what it says say it with me come on this is a day the lord has made and i will think about possibly if i feel better rejoice- no, no 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 what does it say come on let's do it together ready this is a day the lord has made and i say it again i will i will i set my will in place that i am going to rejoice And be glad in this day the Lord has made. Now, every day the Lord makes is not necessarily a day that we're gonna feel good. It's not a day that's going to tingle all of our neurons. It's not a day when everything's going to go right. But here's the command. Here's the the scriptural admonition that we'll use our will, use the very very desire of our heart, and we say, I will rejoice in this day. I'm going to rejoice because God's given me another day. You know what that means? That means we can command our emotions. See, joy is a decision. Joy is not something that happens and you look down and say, I've got joy where that come from. No, that's not what joy is joy is something that you decide It's a choice you choose to walk in joy And one of the ways we can choose to walk in joy is by speaking things that cause joy to rise By declaring like the psalmist did this is the day the Lord has made. I'm gonna rejoice and be glad in it I'm gonna walk in joy today. I'm not gonna walk in sorrow. I'm gonna walk in joy. I'm gonna rejoice I'm gonna enjoy God. I'm gonna love God because speech Actually affects our body Heard a story recently about a neurosurgeon in south korea very famous neurosurgeon and the neurosurgeon found out uh, this was back in around the time they discovered the speech center of the brain where uh, where speech happens in the brain but he found out through operations and through surgery that whenever they would touch that area of the brain all the nerve cells in the body would jump think about that for a minute once the speech center is lit up every other nerve cell in the body jumps it's like it responds to it Could it be that our body responds to whatever we say? Could it be that the words that come out of our mouth kind of program our body? So if we walk around saying this is the end of the world, I knew this was going to happen. I knew da-da-da whatever and just rehearsing that could it be that we're program programming our body to be depressed Programming ourselves to have negativity in them or could it be that if we lift up our eyes and say God Thank you for another day Thank you for the air that I breathe and we we just change that around and begin to rejoice Could it be that our entire body would line up with that? Oh, yes We can command our emotions we could decide how we feel not wait to see how we're going to feel and i encourage you to get up get up tomorrow morning get up uh, even tonight before you go to sleep the next day and the next day no matter what's going on no matter what the news says no matter whether they're cracking down more or loosening up more no matter what's happening i want you to make sure you command your emotions so that emotion of joy will begin to be released can i get another amen oh yes i can hear you give me an amen out there now we need to treat bad emotions like we treat a bad TV show. You ever been watching a bad TV show? When you have a really, really bad TV show or a bad movie or whatever it is, nine times out of 10, you don't just sit there and say, wow, this is bad. And five minutes later, this is really bad. Man, who in the world put this together? This is the sorriest acting I've ever seen in my life. Normally you wouldn't do that. You know what you do? You take the remote and you change the channel. Uh, usually I don't watch as many movies now as I used to but when I used to really be in the movies back at some time when I was in A bad movie I'd get up and walk out of the movie Sometimes I want my money back. Usually we don't let negative things just stay there same thing with our Emotions, we need to treat negative emotions like a bad TV show change the channel what do you change the channel to? Joy unspeakable. What do we change the channel to? I'm gonna rejoice and be glad. What do you change the channel to? Releasing that inner joy that's deep on the inside of you, in spite of what's going on around you. Hey, that's my vision for you and I. That we command our emotions every day. But here's the second thing we must do. If we're gonna walk in joy, we have to watch out for offense. Oh, offense is so negative it robs us of joy in so many different ways it's very interesting that the bible does talk about these two things as a response to calamity to crisis men's hearts failing them for fear and the spirit of offense being perpetrated so when things get tight when things get tough when things are uncertain people start getting offended some people get offended with god god how could you let this happen to me i'm at home and i'm at home with three or four little kids running around in the background and trying to work god how could you let this happen to me some people get offended with god as if he's done everything that's happening around us some people get offended with other people some people get offended with those that are trying to help you and some people just get offended because they have so much stress and so much anxiety they just start snapping at people and snapping at people and offense begins to rise up and come up but be careful of offense psalm 119 verse 165 says this great peace have they which love thy law nothing shall offend them they shall not be offended nothing shall cause them offense proverbs 17 very important verse a merry heart does good like tylenol <laughs> i don't know why i picked that one a merry heart does good like a medicine but a broken spirit dries the bones listen to that a broken spirit does damage a merry heart heals Broken spirit messes up a merry heart heals. So when you get offense in your spirit, it is very negative. Do you know that offense, taking offense is like you drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick? Well, let me say that again. When we embrace offense, it's like you and I drinking poison. Now, would you imagine yourself standing up, drinking a bottle of poison and looking at your enemy or the person who made you mad and waiting for them to fall out? It doesn't work that way. So when we embrace, when we embrace offense over whatever. F- Offended with the government, offended with a political party, offended with your boss at work because he had to reduce whatever. It doesn't matter. Offended with your husband because he's not helping you out uh, with the kids that you have. When you embrace offense, what happens is it's like you drinking poison, waiting for the other person to get a, a stomach ache. Doesn't work that way. It's very, very, very negative. In fact, it could be very costly. I remember Moses. When the children of israel just got on his last nerve and he was tired of the children of israel in the wilderness he called them rebels over and over again and you know he just got fed up and tired and they wanted water and they were thirsty after going a couple of days without water and finally god said go ahead and and speak to the rock but moses was so irritated he said here now you rebels should god fetch you water out of this rock and when god said speak to the rock he didn't obey he smote the rock there were a lot of reasons why that was wrong. Moses knew it was wrong, but he allowed the, the, the ill will of the people, the nature of the people to get into him. And it caused him to begin to be offended and it cost him the promised land. So here's what you and I need to do. Walk very lightly, not take things in, not let people get under our skin, not let anybody bother us and get to us. Nobody can really make you mad. Nobody can really make you irritated. We open the door and we let that in. I have a pastor friend who told me something I'll never forget. He had a lot of things going on around him, a lot of people who would betray him, a lot of things going on. I said, man, how do you, I don't really see you down. I don't see you depressed. I don't see you offended. I don't see you trying to hurt and and get back at these people. What do you do? And he said, you know, Kyle, I learned a long time ago, whenever something negatively affects me emotionally, I'll spend the next 10 to 20 to 30 minutes just praising God, just rejoicing in God because I got to get it off of me. You know what he's saying I command my emotions I get offense off of me whatever it might take and it's very important If we're gonna walk in joy that you do not get offended. Amen. Let me give you a third point It'll be helpful if we keep things in proper perspective Keep things in proper perspective James chapter 1 says my brethren. I like to say my homies my homies Count it all joy when you fall into various trials that doesn't sound right You're in various trials trouble is happening. Corona's running rampant. They're running out of things. Hospitals are all the things that are going on in our world. And The Bible said when you fall into diverse trials, when, when you experience negativity, here's what you do. Count it all joy. That's what the word of God says. Go back to that verse again. Go back to verse number two. My brethren, I want you to see that. My brethren, say it with me. Count it all joy. I didn't write that. That's scripture, that's inspired by God. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It could be a couple of different things going on. Your money's a little funny right now, it's going to get better. You know, all these things that are going on, a couple of different things hitting you. Here's what the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How? Knowing this, verse 3, that the testing of your faith produces patience. So it's how you frame it. Let patience have its perfect work in you that you may be perfect lacking nothing. It's how you frame it. So we could keep things in perspective. We have to frame things the right way. I I see you. I see you there at home with three kids. You got a four-year-old, you got a three-year-old, and you got a six-year-old, and you're in the house with them all day long. They don't go to school, they're locked up, and you're together and you're ready to pull your hair out. Put it in proper perspective. You could have seven kids in the house. You only have three. I'm serious. We have to really literally think of things in that way. Yeah, I know maybe I don't have as much money as I need right now, but here's the good part. You've got some money. Uh, You know what? I may not have everything going on, but I'm not laying in a hospital bed under a ventilator because of coronavirus. Yeah, maybe I can't work right now, but man, I'm healthy. I'm whole in my health. We have to put things in a proper perspective because they could always be worse. I see that all the time as a pastor. And you know, pastors sometimes will have a bad day. I've had a couple of bad days. And times I was like, you know, I don't know. You're tempted to feel sorry for yourself. And then you get a counseling session. And the person sitting before you tells their story. And by the time they finish telling their story, you're like, oh my goodness. I am so sorry that I was even sad today. Because they're really going through. I'm not going through half as much as they are. Listen to me. Could be worse. Keep things in perspective. But understand that God is taking everything and working it out for good. God has taken everything and making it happen. So when negative emotions touch us, it's a sign that we're focusing on the wrong thing. We need to change the channel and begin to focus on something different. Can you hear me? Oh, this is good stuff. I'm encouraging myself. Let me give you a fourth thing. A fourth thing to do that joy might be released. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Are you sure? It's on the screen. You know what we need to do? Relax. Okay, come on. Everybody just take a deep breath with me let it out we need to relax a little bit we need to learn to relax hard thing for me to do basically i'm here talking to you but i am a wired guy man i'm a type a personality i've been running since the day i was born my mother would always tell me stories about uh, us going shopping we grew up in new york city And uh, just about every time we went shopping, I'd get lost. I mean, I was a terror to the stores. I'd hide in the midst of the clothes racks. And eventually she had to like just tie a rope to her hand in my hand just to keep up with me. And I've been moving ever since I was two years old, probably one year. I think I was moving a lot in mama's womb. So I'm a a person that's type A, I'm wired. I like to kind of control the outcome of things and so forth. But I'm learning in my life to relax. And that's something I want us to learn together. There's a verse that speaks to my heart and I want to share it with you today. It says, Lord, Psalm 131, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things that are too profound for me. Surely, I I love this, hear this, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child, my soul is my soul within me. Now think about a young baby, one-week-old, two-week-old, three-week-old, who's crying because they want some milk. You know, just, Wah! and then mom just begins to produce Similac or natural milk, whatever she's doing, and the baby gets full. When the little baby is full, what happens? They kind of snuggle up with you. They sort of coo in your arms. They just, you know, you get a little burp going out of them, release a little air. Then they just, they just kind of cuddle up in your arms. And it's just the, the coolest, cutest, you know, just, just cuddliest type of situation. That's what David was talking about in this psalm. David said, my soul is like a little child that just finished a whole bottle of Similac and I'm satisfied. It wasn't that everything around him was okay. It's just that he learned to relax. The more days you see, the more you begin to realize that eh, it's going to be all right because you freaked out before something happened and it, it became all right and you got high blood pressure before of an issue, and then you found out it worked itself out. And, you know, there are several, two or three or four or five times in your life you feel like, man, this is it. It's going to be over. This is the end. But then you find out, you know, it's going to be all right. You get through that, and we, we need to learn to relax. We need to learn to de- 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 decompress, uh, deep breathe. We need to just begin to realize, you know what, life is going to be okay. And listen, learn to laugh a little bit. Learn to enjoy life. Learn to laugh. Laughter is such good medicine. I read it to you earlier how a merry heart does good like a medicine. Laughter boosts your immune system. Laughter heals relationships. Laughter does so many wonderful things. And we only learn to laugh when we get to a place where we relax. So listen, relax. The Pharisees in the Bible were always so uptight. They were always so mean and so uptight. And that's why they missed the glory of what Jesus was doing. Here are a couple of questions we can ask ourselves. Number one, we can ask ourselves, when we get upset when we get uptight when we are losing our joy we can ask ourselves is it really worth getting upset over is this thing really worth getting upset over or we can ask ourselves is it worth upsetting others over is it really that important are things really that bad is this situation irreparable is this really my problem can i really fix this you know we've got to learn to not stress over things we can't change. Man, we do our best and leave the rest. Oh, you gotta hear that, that's poetic. People say it all the time, but you need to hear that do your best and leave the rest if you could make corona go away tomorrow You would make it go away. You probably can't do that We can talk to God and ask him to do it and that's where Philippians 4 comes in be careful for nothing But in everything by prayer and supplication let your requests be made known unto God and let the peace of God cover our hearts You can't change it. I can't change it. I can't immediately make more respirators available I can't make people start letting groups of ten more. I can't I can't control a lot of that. So you know what we need to do we need to let it go and it's I can't fix it, I can't control it. So we need to learn to relax. We need to learn to trust that God's working, that our leaders are doing what they need to do. Pray about what we can't control and let the rest of the Holy Spirit touch our lives. Amen. This is good stuff, man. I'm liking it. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with is to live every day with a clear conscience. In in other words, just make sure that your heart is settled when you go to bed at night. Make sure your heart is satisfied when you go to bed at night, that you did everything you could, you helped as many people as you can, you obeyed God the best way you could, do your best. And when you do that, there's no reason for you to have regrets, no reason for you to have fears. You can walk in joy in this hour. Now, listen to me. Joy is on the inside of us. And the things I talked about are things that cover it up, that crowd it, that keep it down, that hinder it to keep it from being released, but there's something that's important. I'm hearing the Lord say something important. Don't lose your joy. Don't let Corona steal your joy. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let circumstances steal your joy. Even as we're sober, even as we're appealing to God for mercy, even as we're hoping for a better tomorrow, even as we're hoping this goes away soon, do not let your joy dissipate. I decree and declare and pray over you that your joy will abound stronger and stronger better and better in every area of your life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to the Fresh Words Sermon of the Week podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit anointedchurch.org. To support this ministry and help us continue to reach people all around the world, you can text FRESH ANOINTING to 77977.